in 86. And M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club All right. Here we are, my friend. Here we are, my friend, my Jack. He's my baby. His name is Jack. There's like a, a dialectic of how you pay attention to me, which is not at all yeah. first. Yeah. And then if I stay silent, there's like this deliberate willful silence. And then if I still stay silent, then it's singing. <laughs> singing a song about what you just said, sure, proving man. I was paying attention. <laughs> Which proves that you were paying attention to me, but chose to ignore me for... Look at this, look at this. Ten look seconds of silence. Look at all these silence. notes! We, let's dig into the book, man. You want to get started? We built this book. Okay. We built this book on lots of notes. <laughs> um, hello and welcome to Someone the... Someone said our oh. singing in the last episode mm-hmm. of Seal's... Kiss from a Rose in the Gray. Our singing, it was uh, Michaela and Lakeland. Someone said our singing slash Michaela and Lakeland singing of Kiss from a Rose on the Gray was off key. What? Don't know. Tin ear is what I say. Yeah. I don't think that's accurate. Yeah. Also, I'll have you know, whoever said that, that we sang it a cappella. Yeah. No backup vocals. Our team of producers threw in the backing track afterwards. Right, and I'm sorry if we were like, yeah, I'm sorry. slightly flat. <laughs> sorry, John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> That's who said sent the message in. Oh yeah, That's how you know he's a bad person. Wow, that is a bad person. Yeah, known clown murderer. Sorry, Sufjan Stevens. Wrote, can't, a, wrote a song about John Wayne. <laughs> can't live up to your standards. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is already way too John Wayne Gacy centric. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you got a lot of notes today, Tanner. Yeah. Uh, that means that we have a lot to dive into. Yeah. May I welcome the baby bees to the podcast? Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Hi, hi. Hi. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club, Club. a podcast in which I, Jack Shepard, and I, Tanner Greenring, talk about the classic novels. Tanner. I, sometimes I, I push Tanner Greenring. I say Tanner Greenring. Yeah. It's Tanner Tanner, mm-hmm. green ring. Um, a good time to practice that is when we're not recording. A lot of R's. Yeah, your own name. Tanner, green ring. In which I, Jack Shepard, and you want to take another run at it? Tanner, green ring. Okay. Talk about the classic novels of Princess Zone, Princess Anne Matthews Martin, first of her name. Last of her kind. Last hope for humankind. Last hope for humankind. Stormborn and sanctified. Yeah. Um... We are also charter members of the Pete Black Appreciation Society here on this podcast. What if we stopped doing this podcast and did a spinoff podcast that's just about Pete Black? I'm totally fine with that. Blackheads. <gasps> Blackheads. Black hats? Blackheads. Blackheads? <laughs> it sounds kind of gross. Like, is it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it, though. I but, do like, like we're, it. like, you know, heads like we're maniacs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blackheads? Yeah. Just a couple blackheads. Just a couple blackheads. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Sorry, it's the same name as a zit, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, but Pete would like that. Pete would like it. He would get into He's that. He's kind of into that gross-out humor. Yeah. 
<laughs> not good showing from Pete this week, though. As much as I do love him, his second big outing, yeah, and uh, things went downhill for all. People. He was so cool, so charismatic last time, but this yeah. time he was just—he was floundering. I'm not sure it was 100 percent his fault, but we also got to see the real sensitive side of Pete Black this week. Hmm. As a couple of blackheads, we're really looking out for that. He had some good lines. Yeah, he had some great lines. Um, well, let's tell the Baby Nation what we read this week. Uh, this week we read a book called. Stacy's ex best friend. It was a it was a good book, good book, but also a tough one. That ex best friend is definitely a permanent Jack, situation. Yes, dear. You know me, right? Mm-hmm. You know my stance on Stacy McGill. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Right. I have a number of reasons. Yep. One dimensional. Mm-hmm. Boring. Mm-hmm. Can I add something to that list? Yeah. Chapter one, sentence one. And two, snow was falling again. For a planet that's supposed to be feeling the effects of global warming, it certainly was having a cold winter and a snowy one. Oh, wow. Climate change denier. Stacy McGill, climate change denier. Yet another reason. Just heap it on top, man. Wow. I got a big pile of complaints here about Stacy McGill, and go ahead and throw that one right on the top. 20 years from now, Stacy McGill is going to bring a snowball into the Senate floor. And be like, How, where's your where's your global warming now? I was looking at the Hodges cover yeah. to see if it was something that happened in this book. Yeah. It did. What's the Hodges cover today? Pete. Mm-hmm. Their other friend. Austin. No. There's a third guy that they mentioned whose name I can't remember. Pretty sure it's Austin, dude. Not Austin, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to find her? Do you no, I don't. Find... I was doing a bit about Stacy McGill climate change denier rick chow was it worth it we got pete black here mm-hmm. don is over his shoulder laughing yeah. we got rick chow stacy and claudia are laughing at what rick chow is showing them lane is here in the corner looking all huffy yep good uh, perm though right? and they're making molecules mm-hmm. out of raisins and pretzels and they're all having just the rowdiest time doing except it. lane except lane who's looking huffy uh that hodges it's happened very clear that you read this book very yeah. closely. You read one chapter. That's a lot of specificity from Hodges. Unusual amount of specificity. Yeah. Um, let's start off uh, with a easy question for you. Where do you stand in the Stacy Lane divide? Good question. I don't like Stacy, and I'd hate to come down on her side mm-hmm. ever. But Lane was being awful. Just really bad. She thinks she's better than everyone. She's dating a 15-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. His name is King, and he sounds like the coolest yeah. fucking dude in the world. So fucking cool. Oh, His yeah. name is King, yeah. Baby Nation. I want to talk a lot about King. Okay. We'll get into King. We'll get into King. Yeah. We'll maybe go straight to King after we describe this novel for the Baby Nation. She's on a diet. Yeah. She's not into school dances anymore. She thinks they're childish. Yeah. She's reading adult books. She insists on calling Stacy. Anastasia. Yeah. It's her name. No, it's not. Um, Here's a a, a brief counterpoint. I'm broadly on your side here. Lane is bad. Lane is bad. Bad. Very bad. Yeah. I've never liked Lane. Mm. Um, She's appeared in a number of other BSC books. Mm -hmm. She's never been the best. Well, we were first introduced to her. Stacy and her were already fighting. Right. Because she didn't understand Stacy's disease. Right. And thought it was yucky. Yeah. So not a great start for old Lane Cummings. Right, pretty bad. 
But she's dating a cool dude named King. She must have some. Like, yeah, she's. I, if you're a king, I trust King. Oh, implicitly. He's such a rad dude. Yeah. So he sees something in her. Yeah, he sees a lot in her. He calls her babe. Oh, and she calls him heart. Yeah. And so we know she's capable of love. Um, but this book does begin with Lane calling up Stacy and being like, "Hey, I'm super excited, Stace. I've got a week long vacation." Where I don't have to do anything and I can finally relax from school. I'm thinking about flying down to my grandparents' house in Florida and just hanging on the beach. Yeah, just having a super chill time. So right now my options are hanging out in uh, the cultural center of the Western world, Yep, New York City, or going down and and kind of getting away from it all on the beach of yep. Florida. And Stacey's like, you must come to Stony Brook and like come to my school. Yeah, come to school with me. <laughs> Babysit with me. Yeah. You can go to babysitter's club meetings, and we'll arrange for you to meet children. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a hell of a vacation. Yeah. I went back and looked. Lane never actually agrees. She never agrees. Stacy never... really steamrolls her. That's true. Um, should we describe this book for the Baby Nation, for the listeners here? Yeah, I guess. I think we were doing a pretty good job of it to begin with there. Why don't we just do it naturally who wants? Just kind of discuss the plot. Have fun with it. Shall I part the kimono? I wish you wouldn't. (laughs) That's an old phrase from the early days. You said Uh, that a lot? Gross. You said that a lot. No, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) Uh, It's an idiom, Tanner, and it means uh, like pulling apart your kimono to show show your genitals to someone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's a reason we describe these books for the Baby Nation in kind of a short segment. Why? Because otherwise we do what we were just doing, which is talking about meandering it over context. the plot <laughs> of a book that people may have not read. Yeah, I suppose. Um, what we like to do here is I describe the book and then you describe the book. How about I start? Agreed. All right. I'm going to begin. Lane Cummings has everything going for her. She's popular, smart, and sophisticated. And she's connected at the highest levels of New York's in-crowd. She even has a boyfriend with a ponytail. But when Lane takes a trip to the sleepy town of Stony Brook to visit her childhood best friend, Stacy McGill, she learns the hard way that her sharp New York wit and her progressive urban values don't do very much at all to endear her to the local yokels. This sharp and insightful fish-out-of-water story about a big city girl in the boonies takes no prisoners as it pits the harsh social tactics of New York high society against the quaint parochial values of village life, culminating in a gloriously staged showdown at Stony Brook's social event of the season, the Valentine Masquerade. Lane Cummings has everything going for her, but that might not be enough to survive season in Stony Brook. Stacy's ex-best friend. My name is Tanner, and I am here to tell you the real plot <laughs> oh, wow. of this book. Okay. It's not what you're going to hear from the mainstream media. Not from the lamestream media. <laughs> am I right? Yep. You. Yep. Uh, no, it was pretty good. You made it seem like this book was told from Lane's perspective. It's called Stacy's ex-best friend. 
This book might as well have been called Lane. Uh, and you kind of gave her a pretty favorable rating. <laughs> he made it seem like nothing really went wrong, and if anything did, it wasn't her fault. Mm-hmm. She was just kind of a fish out of water, lost in this world full of, like, yokels. Mm-hmm. That's not really what happened. Okay. You want to fill us in, buddy? Yeah, I would. All right. Well, here's the catch. You got to do it within 60 seconds. I'm going to put 60 Oh, not interested. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Let's just move on. How about you just, you tell it, and then I stop you after a minute. Uh, Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this stopwatch I have here, this big bad clock. And I'm going to have you describe in detail what happens in this novel, Stacy's ex-best friend. Are you ready? Let's begin now. Stacy. Gets a call from her friend Lane Cummings. She is on spring break. She has a week off from school. She's thinking about going, spending some time kicking around New York. She's thinking about going to Florida. Stacy says, no, come to Stony Brook. I already asked my mom. You're well on your way. Lane comes. Uh, Stacy sets up a bunch of boring nonsense for her, um, including going to a meeting of the BSEC and going to school with me and uh, going on babysitting jobs with me. Um, the girls decide to throw this Valentine's Day masquerade ball for all their babies, uh, and most of the B-plot surrounds, uh, them babysitting various kids who all reveal their crushes on one another. Nikki has a crush on one of the Arnold twins. Uh, there's a school dance as well. Pete Black asks Lane out, and all the other girls go with their boyfriends or, uh, other boys from the school. Uh, Stacy Lane is being a real uh, uh, end time. <sighs> it was a tough one. It was a dense text. I cannot believe that you chose to go to the B plot halfway through this when what happens in the A plot is so fucking interesting. Well, I always miss the B plot yeah. and I save it for last and then I miss it. Uh, and I didn't want to do that this week. Not because the B plot's particularly interesting this week. It wasn't. No, but Nikki Pike has a crush on Carolyn. Carolyn. Or Marilyn, he gets confused about them, which is like, way to go, Nikki. Hey, yeah, you having a crush on a twin 101, Nikki, is yeah. get the right twin. Yeah, it's brutal. I just really wanted to hit that B-plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, what I missed out on was Lane is really mean to everyone and very condescending. Yeah. And agrees to go to the dance with Pete as like a joke. She goes with Pete Black. This is where, Baby Nation, this is where Lane lost both me and Tanner. Babysitter's Club expert. Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring, because she catches the eye of one Pete Black, who is Stony Brook's finest. Yeah. And he, in keeping with his being a badass, just called her up after school. Very nervously. He vacillates pretty wildly between badass and uh, total goofball buffoon. Pete Black jumps onto the scene in a pretty good way. Uh, Lane comes to class with Stacy, which like point one for Lane. Hey, thanks for this is what I'm doing on my vacation. You took me to your fucking school and I'm going to your English class and shit. Bad. Bad. That's, you know who would love that vacation? I would like it. Jack Shepard. Yeah. Oh, what are you guys discussing this week? <laughs> oh, the romantic poets. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> who is oh Keats? Oh yes, Keats. Uh Ode to a, a Greek urn. You're trying to, you know that's wrong, and you're trying to fuck it up. You're like doing me too well. <laughs> you're like, guys, I know all of this stuff. 
geeks. <laughs> That's what I would be like. Yeah. That's not what Lane is like. Lane is having a bad fucking time. Yeah, they sit at the lunch table, and Stacy arranges to have boys come to their lunch table. Amongst those boys is Pete Black. They're all like chit chatting. Yeah. And at some point, a silence falls on the table. And during that silence, Pete Black turns to Lane and just says, You have hair like Gossamer. <laughs> this is pretty fucking awesome. It would look better on my bedroom floor. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super creepy. <laughs> if you, this is 101. Like, A, don't say that pickup line to girls. Your hair is like Gossamer? The, no, don't say the pickup line that's like, Your dress looks good. It would look better on my yeah, no, floor. gross, gross pickup line. Even worse, definitely don't do that with hair. Okay, like if you compliment the hair, let me take a note. Don't, <laughs> don't then say it would look better on my bed. Just crossing out do <laughs> and writing don't. Do not. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he later tells her that her eyes are like limpid pools, <laughs> which is not like gossamer hair is at least like romantic imagery. Yeah limpid i think it's cool oh, it's just like it's such a bad word it sounds like limp biscuit <laughs> um but so pete pete's trying his goddamn best and lane treats him like shit she's mean to everyone yeah she is mean to the babysitters for being giddy about the fact that nikki pike and carolyn and Marilyn like one another yeah she is mean to the band that performs oh yeah at the valentine's day hop yeah she is mean about all the restaurants and shops in Stony Brook. They pick her up at the train station. Oh, this is brutal. And she says, oh, where's the town? And they're yeah. like, oh, we're on the outskirts. We'll drive through on the way home. And they pull into the driveway. And she's like, oh, did we drive around town? Yeah. And they're like, no, we drove right through it. And she's like, oh, I didn't see it. Did you point it out to me? Lane is just an extreme version of Stacy. Oh, because she's so obsessed with She's like, New oh, York this that... isn't like New York. Right. And this kind of plays into a broader point that we have touched on before, that Anne is trying to protect Stacy from growing up and, becoming like... Becoming this? Becoming that. That's what Anne sees would happen to these girls if they were let outside the protective bubble of Stony right, Brook. Right, 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 right. Let outside the snow globe. Right. That is Stony That's Brook. cool, though, man. You start dating a rad 15-year-old boy named King, and he's got dyed hair and he wears like linen suits they call him the king of hearts lane calls him that they don't call him that i call him that (laughs) we call him we call him the king of hearts that's in the text yeah the king of hearts that's pretty lane stating someone called the fucking king of hearts sounds like a mob boss oh it's so cool here's what we know about him he's 15 years old very cool he has a fucking ponytail cool so cool king's hair is purple but only at the ends Cool. Otherwise, it's black the way it's supposed to be. Every day, he uses mousse and stuff to make it look bushy and spiky. Probably egg yolks. Or yeah. whites. Whites. Egg whites. I don't know, man. I've no. never used either of those things. That's why your hair looks like shit. <laughs> it looks like garbage. <laughs> it's like muddy brown. Yeah. It's not dyed at all. No ponytail. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And how old are you? Not 15. No, not even close to that. Yuck. Um, very cool. And he calls her babe, but he calls her babe in this way that's not like, hey, babe. Like, he calls her babe as a nickname. There's a moment where Lane calls King from Stacy's house, and he answers the phone, and she says, 
hey heart, this is babe. Yeah, like the big blue ox. Like the uh, the pig in the city. Sure. Either <laughs> reference works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the nickname is derived from Babe Pig in the City? I think it's the other way around. Huh. But that's cool, man. They seem like they have a cool relationship. He, before he was Pig in the City, he was just Babe. He was just regular Babe. The yeah. talking pig. Yeah. Just Babe. Just Babe. Right. And he was friends with three little mice. It's a fine film. I haven't seen it. Oh. Well, yeah. let me pull up the clip. No, let's not. They sing the song that... Uh, Zap from Coch- Cochran sings to Babe. <laughs> Did that make any sense to you? No. Uh, Zap from Cochran, <sighs> who is the first human to discover hyperspace flight <sighs> in the Star Trek series. <laughs> plays, I'm not sure this is going to scan for plays our Farmer Hodgett in Babe, and he sings a song to him that encourages Babe to be a good pig. Okay. Okay. Do you want to try? So to- he sings. A song to Babe. Okay. Uh, that goes, if I had eyes, t- words to sing a day for you. Da, 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 da. And at the end of the song, Babe's three little mice friends sing, sing that along. song in okay. like this cool, like poppy reggae. I just need you to bring this home for uh-huh. me to the Babysitter's Club, specifically this book. I can't remember how we got into it. I just need to r- bring it home. Let's see, Babe. Oh, Lane, a girl in the city. King calls Lane babe. Uh-huh. And maybe he sings that song to her. Probably. Yeah. No, that's very it's likely. It's a very sweet song. Yeah, that's lovely. That'll do, pig. <laughs> See, these are like, your pickup lines are terrible. This <laughs> is bad. It's just yeah. like, don't do it. Okay. Yeah. I'm leave writing it, that down. Yeah. Leave it to King. Okay. Um, King's got, he's got purple ends of his hair. Yep. So do you think that there's some substance to the idea that Anne is trying to protect these kids from New York and trying to tell us that? I think you were like, a fucking flip-flopper, man. Three episodes ago, you were describing New York as the Grey Havens. It's where you go to, like, be free. It's where you go to escape. No, exactly. But look at, what's ha- look at what's happening to people who go there. No, that's what Anne is telling us. That's what Anne is showing Stacy. Like... Hey, Stacy, you're the one who wants to break free. Look at what would happen to you if you ever left. You would become like this. You would become this twisted creature. Right. New York changes you. New York changes you. I hope we don't ever get to the point where one of us lives in New York and one of us doesn't, and yeah. it really alters our relationship. I can't imagine. Um, do you have some notes you want to talk about, my buddy? I took a lot of little notes. Um, here's one reason why Lane probably wouldn't want to come to Stony Brook to hang out with Stacy in the BSC. Mm-hmm. She gets in. Mm-hmm. The girls decide to have a slumber party right. on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, you know what? exclaimed Claude, who had just finished painting her nails and was now leafing gingerly through the TV guide. To kill a mockingbird is on. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? All right. <laughs> we tuned into that movie. Everyone had a fun night. That's the only like, nice time they have. Dudes... Yeah. Not a fun movie. Yeah. I mean, even in like 1986. That is not a fun movie. No. To Kill a Mockingbird is about like a trial, right? Yeah. It's is like, that To Kill a Mockingbird? Yeah. It's a fine film. It's not fun. It, it's it's not, not a fun slumber party film. If you're a 13-year-old young lady, you're not like, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> to Kill a Mockingbird is on TV. Again. Again. <laughs> For them to say that 
two things must be true. One, they've never seen the 60s production of To Kill a Mockingbird starring Gregory Peck. Right. And they have been really looking forward to it. (laughs) Finally breaking the seal on that one. (laughs) I heard it's great. I heard Hotel Rwanda is really good. (laughs) I've been really eager to see it. Or two, they've all watched it a bunch. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, it's on again. It's just, what if Lane is right? What if there's just nothing happening in Sony Brook? They get one channel that shows To Kill a Mockingbird every Friday night. <laughs> it's time, everyone. To Kill a Mockingbird is on again. <laughs> no what a bad night that must have been. Yeah. Well, and this plays into the point that Anne is trying to create this, like, Pleasantville society. Right. Where nothing goes wrong and, like, no evil can come to them. And they just, like, gather around the fucking hearth and watch To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird (laughs) every week. And Lane is just like, guys, what about, like, boys? Like, my boyfriend has a fucking ponytail. Don't you want to talk about that? No. Um, Stacy invents a new thing, Mm -hmm. which is that she's into pigs. Oh, yeah, I noticed that. Did you see that? I noticed that. You know, uh, my cousin, Pip who introduced me to the Babysitter's Club. Is that how she got into the BSC? She heard that in book 51, all of a sudden, Stacy was super into pigs? I think it's the other way around. I think that's how she got into pigs. Really? She was into the Babysitter's Club books. This is the first mention of Stacy liking pigs. But this is something and Anne I guarantee you, to do. I guarantee you, it it'll be the last mention. The last time we did this was with Jesse and... Liking jokes. Jokes. Right. Jesse likes jokes. No, she doesn't. Uh, and No. <laughs> Stacy doesn't And that like was pigs. that was six books ago? Yeah. You know how many jokes Jesse has told since then? Yeah, not a None. one. None. Yeah, not a one. Jesse's not into jokes. Anastasia is not into pigs. Jesse's too busy with Quint. Let's not talk about Quint. Yeah. A little everyone is a little too boy crazy for me in this book. Agree. I think they're young women. Yeah. And they should feel free to be with whoever they want. Yeah. I just don't want to hear about it. But they're 13 years old, and you know what? Like, you got your whole life ahead of you to date boys and learn about sex and relationships. Ugh. Up until that presses itself upon you, now is the time to go out there and, like, invite your friends over, watch To Kill a Mockingbird. (laughs) (laughs) Watch 12 Angry Men. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Other 60s... (laughs) courtroom dramas yeah you know the devil and daniel webster (laughs) what else is gregory peck (laughs) i think we should put a pin in stacy being into pigs yeah i don't think it's ever going to come up again because Anne loves doing this yeah but it may be significant maybe it's like have you read tom jones oh have i yeah by henry fielding Tom Jones is a music singer. He sings... No, have you read it? What's I didn't new, say... pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you read the novel Tom Jones? No. Coleridge. Do you know who Samuel Coleridge is? Sure. Coleridge called it the best constructed narrative ever. Okay. And the reason that he called... He sounds like Trump, doesn't he? <laughs> the way in you my, say in my it. Telling, yeah. It's tremendous. <laughs> The, but the the reason that he said that, and this is fucking true, if you ever read Tom Jones, it's like thousands of pages. There's just a bunch of random shit that happens in it, and then at the end, he just brings every fucking thing that you thought was a random thread into play at the end. It's like M. Night Shyamalan. 
Except not bad. Except not bad. Uh. Except super good and like one of the greatest novelists of all time. It's like Lost, but it actually works. Yeah. It's like if Lost worked. Right. Maybe this is what Anna's doing. Oh. Where it's like, <gasps> there's going to be a scene at the end of these books where like they're tested by the Sphinx and the Sphinx is like, tell me a joke. And like only Jesse knows the answer and the joke is about a pig. The crowd and, parts like, and Jesse like works her way through. Yeah. And the yeah. Sphinx like looks a little nervous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like, I was gonna say the pigs were maybe a new faction, but I like this. <laughs> yeah, these are trailheads. Yeah, and it's just dropping those markers. She's sprinting by, dropping those markers. Like, and remember this: the last chapter of the last book, all of this stuff is gonna fall into place, and we're just gonna be blown away. It's going to be fucking crazy. If that doesn't happen, yeah. I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I hope you're fucking listening. This is on you, Anne. Yeah. Don't fuck this up. Um, do you want to talk about the four loves? C.S. Lewis has a book called The Four Loves. Not interested. That is relevant to this novel, which is an exploration of the many different kinds of love and how those kinds of love can attenuate and or grow. Let me guess. C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Love for Christ was number one. Nope. Love for toffee pudding. (laughs) Number two. Uh, Love for home and country. Mm -hmm. Mother England. Number three. And love for a nice cup of tea. Yeah. (laughs) Did I get that all good? Uh, No. Okay. Uh, He rates love for... Country is very low, and it's not. It doesn't count in his. Doesn't four. even qualify. It doesn't even qualify. But I got the other three right. <laughs> <laughs> the the four loves are philos, which is love between friends, brotherly love, love Philadelphia. The Adelphia part of that is the brotherly part. The Phil part is the love part. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so philos is love between friends. Uh huh. Storge is love between family, like mm. amongst family. Eros. Hey. <laughs> yep, that's it. Pull my collar. Uh, woo! <laughs> uh, that's a- doing it, love. And agape. Agape is, is charity, which is the love of God for all of us. This book explores all of those. Love of this God? A, it's Agape is charity, right? But it's also the all-encompassing love that you have for all of humankind. Okay. Um. Philos, and this is a book that is about Philos, right? It's a book about the love between friends. And Eros. It's also a book. It's about Eros, right? They have a Valentine masquerade. And a lot of love is in the air. Pete Black has Eros for Lane. Nikki Pike has Eros for the Arnold twins. There is Storge, which is the familial love that Maureen has for Stacy. And for Lane. And for Lane. Right. Exactly. And then the one that I'm interested in is agape, right? And this is like ties into the theme that we've been talking about throughout, which is the love that Anne has for us. Me us. and you. Sure. I don't know if she loves us, man. I think she's on the fucking fence about us. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um... A dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. 
Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to um, make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, Like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, And in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. What's our place in like the mythology? I think it's, Anne is the creator and her creations exist below her, but what are we? We're the motherfuckers who are shaking the snow globe. And Anne is like kind of okay with that because a snow globe is made to be shaken. We're Lucifer? Lucifer shook the snow globe. I don't I didn't read that Bible. Really? Yeah. You didn't read the Bible where a disruptor came through and really like stirred up some shit and kind of called God on his bullshit and introduced humanity to original <laughs> sin. Maybe that's it. And so that's, that's troubling. These books we love. That's troubling. We're giving them totally new context. And doesn't like it when shit gets shaken up. And does not like it. This is a parable that Anne is trying to tell, right? Where she's like, I love these babies. I care about these babies. I care about Stacy. I'm worried about her. I want her to have a happy life. I want her to have good friends. Right. When I was young and naive, I had her have two best friends, one from New York, one from Stony Brook, where it's safe. Right. And then now she's like, I'm kind of worried about the influence that Lane has. I think maybe this could be Anne forbidding Stacy from ever going back to New York, which sucks for Mr. McGill. But big time. Lane needed to be Stacy's anchor yeah. in New York. When Stacy went back to New York, she needed someone to talk to and bounce ideas off of. Right. And taking Lane away from us, from me and you, Yeah, sort of just implies to me that Stacy is never going back to New York. Yeah. This is her last lifeline to that life, to that city. Yeah. And Anne is taking it from her. She's taking it from us. It's fucking over. The letter that Stacy writes to Lane at the end of this book is unlike anything we've ever seen in a Babysitter's Club book. She's like, I need to get closure. I've had time to think about what I did wrong and what Lane did wrong. And I was like, oh, she's going to write her a letter, and then we're going to get, like, as often happens lately, like, 
you get one letter from Stacy and then you get a return letter from Lane that kind of resolves it. Love you. Bye, Lane is like, now I see it your way. Right. It wasn't that way. The letter that Stacy writes to Lane at the end of this book after they have a fucking fight at the dance over Pete Black. Right. And how Lane is treating him. It, it literally just said, sorry, not sorry. Stacy's just like, hey, I'm sorry that you were awful. Right. I'm sorry, sorry we fought. Bad. I will not apologize for what I said to you. Yeah. Because you were bad. You were fucking vile. And then at the end, it was like, I miss you. Yeah. But not you. Oh, God, that was the worst. I miss the old lane. I don't miss this horrible abomination you've become. Anyway, XOXO, your ex-best friend, Stacy. Yeah. Stacy's pretty hard on Lane. Yeah. Lane was a monster. I feel like we haven't done a very good job of convincing Baby Nation about why Lane was so awful. Yeah. But here's the time I wrote. Here, I'll read what she said. Uh, They're talking about the dance. Someone asks Dawn if she's going. Not me, spoke up Don. I don't think I'll ever go anywhere with Price again. We don't have anything in common. Price, repeated Lane. Awesome name. Boring dude, said Don. She was hiding a smile. Dude, Lane said. Oh, yeah. Sheesh. That word went out with the 60s. And what the note I captured here was, What the fuck, Lane? Yeah. You don't come into my home and insult my babysitters. That was the last straw with me. Oh, that's like, fucking bullshit. You don't insult Dawn. Yeah. You will never be Dawn. It comes Lane. up too. It fucking comes up too when they say distant. Oh, yeah. She's like, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, it's this cool word we made up. And she's like, oh, it's not cool in New York, so it's not cool. Right. Lane, distant is it's fucking distant cool. and fresh word. Little do you know, Lane, that in 2017, yeah. distant is going to be the coolest fucking word in New York. Yeah. Everybody's saying distant in New York now. Yeah. I'm taking a sample of New York City residents, just kind of from my immediate pool here. Yeah. 100% of the people say distant. Yeah, I'm looking around. At least once a week. Same for me. Yeah. Dibley as well. Dibley? People are saying Dibley. People Um, are saying stale. What was the new one? Chili. Chili. (laughs) That's actually not, that hasn't caught on. I've got to say. Chili? Not a lot of people saying chili. Oh, and one in, one out, Anne. Um, Anne knows that there is a one in and one out policy. Oh, okay. Well, this and is exciting she... then. Jack, this is an opportunity. Stacy is going to get a new best friend. Who do you think it could be? Oh, Pete Black. Oh, Pete Black. She's already got some heavy sympathies for Pete Black because he gets totally like hung out to dry by yeah. Lane. Yeah, he at the dance. He they fucking, go to the dance together. He tells her her hair is like gossamer. He tells her her eyes are limpid pools. Right, both would look better on my bedroom He's floor. Like, both of them, both <laughs> of them would look great on my bedroom floor. But they're they're like they're doing their thing. They're dancing. They're having a good time. And a slow song comes on, and <sighs> Pete is like, uh, "Milady, will you have this dance with me?" Yeah. And she's like, ooh, no, uh, I'm very tired. And they're walking off the dance floor, and some, like, handsome older boy who ends up being younger, he's just kind of tall and handsome, taps her on the shoulder and says, can I dance with you? And she says, oh, yes. (laughs) And Pete is, like, devastated Oh, it reduces him to just a wreck. Right. He's so upset. Our Pete, our strong Pete. This is what you do to him? I hate seeing him like this. I hate it. You know what Pete does, though, to redeem himself? Everybody's wearing fucking, like, suits and shit to the dance. 
He wears sneakers with a suit. Such a cool look. He wears sneakers with a suit. It's like David Tennant. It's also like, go, like fucking go fuck yourself, Lane. This is where Lane finally fully lost me. She cannot handle it. No. She's just like, what the fuck? People act. I told the king of hearts. Her eyes roll back in her I told the king of so hearts. Hard. I like got special permission from the fucking king of hearts to go to this dance with this loser. He's not the, her words, not mine. Hard-soled shoes. And he shows up in his fucking tux, and he's got sneakers. And Stacy's like, uh, Lane's not going to like that. But it's kind of Pete's thing that he wears sneakers no matter what. That is a good fucking thing. Good thing. That is a good thing, Pete. It's like your thing. Yeah. yeah. Wears jorts no matter what. Yeah, that's my thing. Yeah. yeah. I wear jorts no matter wearing what. wearing them right now. I'm wearing jorts right now. <laughs> it's the middle of fucking winter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy! Anyway, I hated it. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to talk about dolls? <laughs> do I? <laughs> Anne is just—you know, she's had. She took the doll, the yeah. pot of doll, off the stovetop for yeah. a little while. <laughs> yeah. But now she's got room on that back burner, and she's got she's got it back there, kind of building yeah. up to a slow simmer. Yeah. And lately, it's just been like a little kiss here and there. Yeah. Dolls are knocking Doll. at the door. Mwah. This one was a little, uh, little intense. You captured this as well? I captured it as feels significant. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy is cleaning up for Lane, who's on her way to Stony Brook. Yeah. Out of the corner of my eye, I caught sight of Lenny, this rag doll that belongs to Claudia. Claude had brought Lenny over once for a slumber party and had forgotten to take him home. I grabbed Lenny and stuck her under my bed, decided that wasn't a very good hiding place, buried her under some clothes on the floor of my closet, thought again, and finally stuffed her into the clothes hamper and covered her with some underwear. That should hide her. That should hide her. So let's unpack this. Okay. Lane is coming. Lane is coming. Let's try to put this into context. Imagine that your good friend is coming to visit. Okay. From out of town. Let me put let me put myself in this scene. Okay. I've got a very good friend who no longer lives in New York. Okay. But is coming to visit. Yeah. Someone I'm very close with. Because someone you're picturing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. They're coming. They're coming to visit. I'm too sad. They're gonna No, I'm too sad thinking about it. Oh really? You're yeah. missing your buddy? Yeah. What about somebody who's like lives in Manhattan and they're coming to Brooklyn? I'm gonna picture my friend Jim who just lives in another part of Brooklyn. That's not too much for you? No, I think I can handle that. All right, so Jim's coming. You haven't seen him for a little while. I saw him last week. In this scenario. Oh, okay, okay. Imagine that you haven't seen Jim for... Is that going to be tough? I just saw him last to week. Ima- to imagine that you haven't seen him for yeah. a little while, is that going to be sad? How about my friend Jeremy, who lives in Connecticut? In Stony Brook? I, when I picture Stony Brook, <laughs> I picture the town he lives in. Okay. It's a small town in Connecticut called Milford. Yeah. And it's, I think, probably what Stony Brook is supposed to be. All right, so this guy, Jeremy Piven. It's not Piven. Okay. Jeremy? Yeah. This guy, Jeremy. He's like, Tanner, good news, bud. Can it be my friend Kate? Dude, it can be Jeremy's wife. Want. Okay, it's it's Jeremy's wife. Can it be both of them? No. Okay. It's just one. Let's go with Kate. Okay, so Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy's has a, wife. They both have a lot of friends in the city. Okay. Um, But I feel like Kate kind of makes it down here a little more often. Okay, I kind of think that we're getting away from the Okay, okay. okay. The point. I was just All trying right. to get All into right. the role. Okay. So, your Kate's- friend Jeremy Piven. Kate. No, your friend Jeremy. You want Jeremy. No, no, no. You want Jeremy to come to the city. Here's the scenario. Okay. 
Let me say, let me paint it for you, and then let me finish it before you say anything. Okay. Your bud, Jeremy. Got a picture of him in your mind. He's in Milford, Connecticut. He's sitting around. He's bored. Got it? All right. Can I be him? Yeah. I think he he used to listen to the show. Okay. So. So I won't do it. I'll try to do him justice. Okay. Uh, hey. Uh, ring, ring. Green ring. No, your phone's ringing. Oh, okay. Ring, ring. Hello. Uh, hey, Tanner. It's Jer. Hey. Jer- from Milford? Yeah, no. I'm just, you've never referred to yourself as Jer before. And <laughs> frankly, this is the first call I've ever received from you. We have kind of a text, <laughs> texting relationship. Well, I'm calling you for a reason. Right. I have an important... You want to play Mage Wars? No. Definitely. I'm in. Let's do it. Hey, man, I love Mage Wars. Yeah. And you you and I, I both we play... also play Warhammer 40K together. No. No, we've never had. But we would like that. Probably. Tanner. Yeah. Listen, there's a reason I'm calling you. Okay. My wife, Kate. My wife. <laughs> you know my wife, Kate. Yeah, my uh, wife, Jamie, married you guys. Do you not remember? I know. I do remember, and I love Kate more than anything. Right. She's my one and only. She's great. Yeah. She's. She wants to come and visit you. Me? Yeah. Jamie? Just you. Is, are we planning a prank on Jamie? <laughs> I think it's to play uh, Ma- Maven Hammer. Mage Wars. Yeah, Mage Wars. She never seemed to like it when we play it. <laughs> Kate told me she wants to learn Mage Wars from you. Well, you play it too, though. She can just learn from you, her husband. I don't, I'm just falling out of the character, man. <laughs> like, it just doesn't, it's not believable. I, I Should we pick someone else? How about Josh? He lives in North Brooklyn. I can't remember wh- <laughs> why we started. <laughs> uh, Do you remember why we started? Let's say you have a friend who doesn't live in the same city as you. Right. <laughs> Why would they be... Cl- they're coming to visit. They're coming to visit. Mm-hmm. Dolls? Dolls. They're hiding a doll. Okay, First good, good. Yep. Doll. Okay, good. All right, let's get back in. Let's get back in. Uh, Tanner, Tanner, t- Tanner, I lost I lost you there. It's let's say me, it's Jer. You. Let's just say it's you, because it's no. easier. I can't... I'm getting a hard time buying into it. No, I need to do it. it with Jer and Kate. I need to do it. I'm already inhabited in these roles. I just, I'm, I'm not I buying into to. it. Let's pretend... Let's make up a fiction in which you no longer live in New York City for some reason, uh, even though it's... Okay, fine. To fantasize right. about. Okay. Uh, and you are coming back. Okay. After ring, a ring. long time. Tanner. Ring. Hey, Tanner. Yeah, it's, it's me, Jack. Can you call me Jer? I guess. My wife, Sarah, who I want you to call Kate. Are you guys inviting me into some kind of... Role play Kate. fantasy. Kate is coming to visit. I don't like being a player. She wants of your to play Mage Wars fetish stuff. All right, fine. Tanner. I'm not going to kink shame you. I think that's great, but I don't want Tanner. It's weird to involve me, buddy. I just called you up. I don't want to get into this weird shit. Okay, I, it's me, your friend, your Jack. bud. Call me whatever you want. I see. I just not into the role playing <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> just call me the doctor. Okay. I want to come and visit. Yeah, we've got the extra room. Okay, cool. We'll blow up the air mattress in there. What are you going to do to prepare for my arrival? Probably clean up a little bit. I realized recently we had some friends come and stay at the place while we were out of town, and I realized I have a lot of Star Wars memorabilia around the house, kind of an embarrassing amount of it. Yeah. So I'll probably put some of that away. So you're going to hide your dolls? Yeah, I'll probably have some of the dolls. <laughs> All right, well, fucking hell. <laughs> we got a long walk, bro. <laughs> we got right to the bottom of it. That is actually, and? 
You know what? You're off the fucking hook on this one. I probably hide some of the Star Wars toys around my house. Yeah. That is what you do when your buds come over is hide your dolls. Yeah, I guess I would. If I was coming to stay at your place, what would you do? Hide my dolls. Probably nothing. Um, Hide your fucking dolls when someone comes over. That's the lesson of that. Uh, And so Anne's kind of off the hook here. A thing that is unexplored. That doll Lenny has come up before. Yeah. Lenny's pulling a lot of strings and stuff. Lenny got sold at a garage sale, I think. Apparently not. Apparently fucking not. Because here we are. Stacy had the doll for a while. That's bad. That's worrying. Jenny Prezioso had it. Yeah. Also, five books in a row. Yeah. Hot and heavy with the Preziosos. Radio silence ever since. Nothing. You're going to disappear them like you did the... uh, Delaney's? The the Delaney's? Fucking hell, Ann. Oof. Oof. Anyway, good, good doll content. Oh, and looks like Ben Hobart and Mallory are fucking finished. Oh, you think so? They had one little spat. It was a big spat, to my mind. They got in a fight over uh, which is the more efficient um, system for indexing and searching uh, library books. And here you were, by Tanner. Here you were, Tanner, last week telling me that Mallory is a boring character. Do you care to take that back, sir? No, and I'd like to add another name to the list, Ben Hobart. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they fought about. That's what they fucking fought about. And ben the, was like, the most oh, efficient indexing yeah. system. Yeah. Bad. Bad. And uh, Tanner, can I ask you a question? Yes. Uh, did you this week have a... <gasps> Lane and Stacy are sitting around talking about all the crap around Stacy's room. Yeah. Stacy says she bought all of it on It's All Yours. It's a home shopping show. In fact, it's on right now. You mean you bought this nail polish on one of those home shopping shows? What else did you buy? A China clown? <laughs> Actually, I had bought a China clown. <laughs> but all I said was, so how do you know so much about home shopping shows? And this is my burn. Oh, from this girl in my class, she always watches them, and she always comes to school with J-U-N-Q-U-E. <laughs> Maybe she L-I-Q-U-E-S what she buys, I said. Stacy. Clapping back at Lane. Okay, good. I'm glad you brought this up. It just about categorizes it as a burn. Yeah, it's a clap back. The, Not to use the internet parlance, but like, she's clapping back. The problem with it is that previously unestablished, unless I miss something, is that Lane has like a catchphrase where she spells... Things, things out, yeah. but she puts Q-U instead of a K. Right. You think Anne has failed to establish that Lane is the type of person who does this fun thing. Yeah. Where she spells words with a hard K consonant. Yeah. And spells and, them with a Q. Yeah. I think that's something that maybe Anne was asked to put in the book. As, like, I think a Lane's a hypocrite. Because like, she gives them so much shit for distant. Yeah. And then she does this. She's like, my thing is, like, I spell with things with Q-U-E. Yeah, I spell things. A. 
Which is like maybe a burn on Claudia. <laughs> yeah, you think so? Claudia's she like, was doing this. Claudia's just prevent. sitting there like, uh, I think I caught all the letters, but this doesn't make any sense. I haven't even got to Q yet. Junkwe? <laughs> um, can I tell you burn? I would love that. Here's a burn by Christy against Lane. And this is like Baby Nation. I don't think we have necessarily done enough justice in this discussion of this text to how unpleasant Lane is. Jack, she insulted Don. Don Schaefer. Don fucking Schaefer, chief alternate officer. She said no one uses the word... No one uses the word dude anymore. Yeah. Also, fuck you, Lane. It was 1991. Everyone was saying dude. Lane, Michelangelo was on TV every Saturday morning calling Leonardo and Raphael dude and telling them to be radical. And Bart Simpson was doing the Bartman over on Fox telling dudes not to have a cow. Yeah, let me run something by you, Lane. Uh, Raphael is cool but rude. Right. So what the fuck is Michelangelo? He's a party party person? Party man. Uh, Yeah, a, a party gentleman. Right. Lane? Party bro. Yeah. That actually would have That's actually too. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Michelangelo is a party bro. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't rhyme, but it sounds good. Yeah. 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 And maybe Lane was on to something. But fucking people are still saying dude. People are saying dude. People are still saying dude. Lane. Lane. Anyway, so Lane is being very unpleasant. Bad. Christy takes matters into her own hands. But this is early on. Lane shows up day one. She goes to her first BSC meeting. Right. They're talking about the fucking dance. You know, Lane spoke up. You guys are going to spoil the dance. I was surprised to hear Lane say what I'd been thinking. But now maybe I wouldn't have to say anything, said Stacy. Coward. Uh, oh, no one's going to spoil the dance, said Don. Someone might, Lane replied. You're involved in such ridiculous fights. I can just imagine what will happen on Friday. Why don't you grow up and quit? 5.30, cried Christy. <laughs> Time for our meeting. Order. Order. You interrupted me, Lane said to Christy. Fellow BSC members, Christy continued, you will note that a guest is attending today's meeting. Will the guest please be quiet? (laughs) That is some good shit from Christy. That's like she's like the fucking speaker of the house. Yeah, sometimes bureaucracy works. She's the speaker of the house. She's like, the house recognizes the opposing member. Will the opposing member please sit down? And then Stacy gets up and she's like, uh, look at this snowball. <laughs> you guys think global warming is real? <laughs> global warming is so real. Yeah. Why am I carrying a snowball around with me right now? You know where I got this? Outside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, good. I didn't have one. What? <gasps> I kind of had one. The whole like last couple chapters are pretty tearful. Did you have a? Tearful moment. This is about a friendship that is over. This friendship train reached the end of the line, and. Stacy got off on one side of the train, and Lane got off on the other side of the train. And that's the last time they're ever going to see each other. Right. They're done. They're fucking done. In my tearful moment, Stacy sends a letter to Lane where she's like, we're not friends anymore. Sorry, not sorry. 
Right. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry. <laughs> They're both Canadian <laughs> in this telling. <laughs> Takes a fucking necklace from her jewel drawer that is half of a friendship necklace that Lane has the other half too. Right. Puts it in the envelope, seals it, and sends it off. Take this back. Now you're best friends with yourself. <laughs> She doesn't say that, but that's Brutal. the implication. I looked up Lane Cummings and just kind of see what was what was her future. I was scrying her future. A ruspicating? Yeah. I looked at two different wikia. They both end with Stacy and Lane drifted apart after Lane visited Stacy and Stony Brook. Shit, that is actually it. I think this was And so we've come to the end of Listen, maybe this is our chance, Tanner. Can you and I change this future? Here's what I think we should do. Okay. Get Anne's permission. Yeah. Obviously. Go back, revisit these girls now. Yeah. Where are they now? What are they doing? Yeah. They're all in their 40s. They're all professionals. Claudia is a world-famous artist. Yeah. She's got exhibitions in MoMA. She's got a floor at the Whitney. A floor yeah. at the Whitney. Yeah. She just did this bold performance art. Called Andy Warhol Part 15. Right. Andy Warhol again. Right. The 15th time. Right. N- but now in 2017. Right. And done by me, Claudia. Yeah, but it's by Claudia. Uh, Dawn is in Cali teaching surfing, smoking a ton <laughs> of weed. Christy is uh, in a relationship with a nice woman named, I don't know, Cynthia. Okay. Skin uh, pretty fanfic-y. No, this is what we're going to pitch to Anne. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, Mallory is interesting now? No, probably not. <laughs> okay. All right, that was a bridge too far. Uh, Jesse is a ballet teacher at yep. the Paris Ballet Academy. Yep. Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, Marianne's still in Stony Brook. Marianne's still in Stony Brook. She's still dating Logan. Stay at home mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have eight kids. Yeah. She just, like, stays at home keeps track of all of them. Yeah. You know? Good. Tigger's still a kid. And Stacy. Yeah. Has moved back to New York. Okay. And she has made amends with... A childhood friend who she hasn't spoken to since they were, what, 13? Yeah. Wow, has it really been 30 years? Yeah. What were we even fighting about back then? It's like, I don't know, so many lost years. You know, how do we make up for it? Yeah. They go on a crime rampage across (laughs) the American Southwest and end up in a convertible being chased by the police. Oh, God. They hold one another's hands and they drive the car off a cliff. That sounds fucking great. That's the series of books we're going to write. And Lane turns to Stacy as they're going off the cliff, and she just goes, Distant. Distant. Stacy is like, I told you. Yeah. So we can change it. Yeah. And then they'll have to add a new entry to this Stony Brookite wiki. Yeah. In the Babysitter's Club Revisited. 2017. Lane and Stacy make amends. Yeah. But ultimately. Drive off a cliff. Drive off a cliff to their own deaths. They hold hands. And they say, I got you. And she's like, distant. And distant. then she just guns it 
and the convertible Cadillac just flies off that cliff, and it's like, oh. it's fucking awesome. All right, good tearful moment. Woo! Um, all right, I think we got there, Tanner. Um, let's get the fuck out of here, Baby Nation. This week, I have been Jack Shepard. This week, I have been Tanner Greenring. This week, we read a book called Stacy's Ex Best Friend. Next week, we're reading a book that is weirdly called Marianne Plus Number Two Many Babies. What? That's the thing that we're reading next week. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Sorry for everything that we've said. No, I won't apologize. Okay. Please. Rate, <laughs> review, and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, and also, if you like our show, please share it with a friend. Just yeah. send it to someone you like who you think will also like it and tell them, I like this and I think you will also like it. You can come up with your own words. That yeah. was bad. Maybe say, like, this show will look good on you. It will look better on my bedroom floor. <laughs> <laughs> This show looks great on you. Yeah. It would look even better on my bedroom yeah. floor. That's great. That's good. It's a way to connect with friends. Okay, so I'm going to write down. Do. Do, do that? Yeah. Okay. Do, do that. Yeah. Ooh, real roller coaster this yeah. week. Uh, that's what we're doing. That's what we've done. That's who I am. That's who you are. Right. Claudia is wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you would think that boys had just been Invented. Deontological. You know how many times you said deontological to me today? Twice. It is a Deontological Day here in Brooklyn. Yep. Uh, Deontological is the word of the day. Jack Shepard has said it to me three or four times today. Yep. He said it in two different discussions, neither of which are appropriate to the content of this show. They're both about ethics.